Welcome to the Christian Center's Sermon of the Week. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I greet you on this beautiful winter's day. It's a sunny winter's day where it's sunny outside, it's warm outside, but it, it's very cold inside. So I know you're all feeling the same. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been going through the book of James reading, uh, sharing messages, um, doing Bible studies, and so on. And uh, Jen kicked off uh, with an introduction on the joy of Jesus. And then we heard from Marius, who shared on how to deal with trials. And the last video we saw was uh, Craig Berta from KZN, who spoke to us about temptations and dealing with temptations. And uh this morning, I'd like to talk to you about the Word. James talks about the Word. Um, and uh, let me just say before I get into anything is that uh, James seems like a, a word in season for us as a people. I know the whole world is going through this pandemic and life has really changed for for most of us, if not all of us. And... Um, some of us, some of our family, you've lost family members due to the pandemic. Um, some of us have people that we love that are not well. Um, and virtually all of us have been affected financially. Um, our lifestyles have changed. So um, there's some serious trials that we're going through, you know, just like the people that James was addressing. Um, why am I saying that is because even though we're going through these trials, um, God has given us a message that we need to share with a, with a fallen and dying world, a message of the gospel. Um, so even in the midst of trials and in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of hardship and all of these things, we still have this message, uh, the greatest message in the world, the, this message that is miraculous in, the, in that it can change um, somebody's life. It can turn somebody that's dead into somebody that's alive. Um, so here's a question for you. Imagine if we had the cure for atheism in our hands. Imagine that. And I'd like to uh, launch from that. But before I carry on, let me just read a couple of verses out of James and try to elaborate on what James is actually saying to us. So I'd like you to turn uh, to James chapter 1 in your Bible from verse 18. And it says this, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. Okay? When it says he brought us forth, he's, he's obviously talking about God. He brought us forth. By the, by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren and sisters, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word 
and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. I want to propose to you, as we've read those verses, that in order, you, you notice there in verse 18, <clears throat> or not verse 18, sorry, in verse 21, he says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. In order for us, or for our souls to be saved, there, so let me use a different word. We use a, a word called progressive sanctification. In order for progressive sanctification to take place, that is the saving of our souls, we must uh, receive the word that has already been implanted in us. So James, he says, um, I'm going to read that again. He says um, in verse 18, that God brought us forth. He, uh, the, the, another word for brought us forth is he begat us. We were born again by the word of truth. Okay. And then verse 21, he's referring to that word of truth. He says, we must receive with meekness this implanted word. Okay. So something that God has already uh, begat us through or brought us forth through, we now need to receive um, because it's able to save our souls. Your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. Now, I don't know if um, you are aware, but sometimes we have Christians in the world, uh, but they don't always look like Christians. So there's a, there's a process that we go through as we get discipled um, and as we walk through our Christianity, we walk out our Christianity, there's a process of progressive sanctification. It's the saving of the soul. In other words, um, we, we get saved, we get born again, but we've got to actually teach our mind, our will and our emotions how to be a Christian. You know, it's like reprogramming a computer, I guess. Um, um, you've got to kind of learn to be a Christian in your mind. You've got to learn to be a Christian in the things that you want. And you've got to learn to be a Christian in the way you respond to things. Uh, especially when you're going through trials. Uh, you notice that he, James says this, he says we, we must be... Um, in verse 19, he says, we must be uh, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So, so if you look at what James is saying, he's saying, listen, when you're going through stuff, if you're going through a trial, uh, if, you, if you're being tempted, if there's a situation that's evil uh, that you could just react to, don't speak. Don't get angry. Don't get upset. Listen. 
Um, now I'm pretty sure James was saying that because he heard Jesus a lot. Because this James is Jesus' brother. So he, he heard Jesus a lot. And uh, often when you when you read about the what Jesus did in the Gospels, he would often say to his disciples, be careful how you listen. Be careful how you listen. And uh, and I think James was kind of mirroring what, what he heard his brother saying, like, listen. Uh, don't let whatever is around you overcome you. Listen. Okay. Um, let me just look at why is progressive sanctification important anyway? Um, and I'll tell you why, because it's a witness to the world. Uh, there's a quote by a man called Brennan Manning, and he said this, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians, who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, and they walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Remember I said just now, we've got the, the cure to atheism. Our mission on earth is to become like Christ. That's our mission. The cure to atheism is when the world sees a people that looks like Jesus. That's the cure. When the world sees a people that looks like Christ, they'll be drawn to him. If you've been, if you've been reading with us, and if I'm looking down, it's because I'm looking at my laptop, okay? But if you've been reading with us over the last couple of weeks through James, you'll realize that, that James is actually discipling us. He's showing us practically that progressive sanctif what progressive sanctification looks like, what saving of the soul looks like. He's showing us practically. You'll, you'll notice that a lot of what he talks about has got to do with people or others, okay? Like, uh, for example, partiality to do with people, not putting others above somebody else, uh, feeding the poor people, and uh, the things we say to people. So a lot of this has got to do with people. And the message uh, is, from James is keep immersing yourself in the truth of the gospel and reflecting that truth in your lifestyle when dealing with others. Amen. So what does James mean when he refers to the implanted word? You know, we read in that verse, he, he says the implanted word. We must, um, what does he say? Verse 21 says, we must lay aside all filthiness and, and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save our souls. So how, um, what does he mean with the implanted word? It's important to note that James uses different phrases to refer to the same concept in this passage. Uh, in verse 18, he says that God brought us forth by the word of truth. Uh, in other words, we were, we were begat or born again. Or in the, in, the, in the Greek, it says we were bred forth, okay, um, by the word of truth. And if you write these down, if you've got a pen and you're watching the video and you write these down, um, you can write down John 3, verse 3, 1 Peter 1, verse 3, Colossians 2, verse 13, uh, Ephesians 2, verse 5, 1 John 5, verse 1, 
1 John 3 verse 9. And these are all uh, scriptures that refer to that idea uh, of being brought forth. Okay, brought forth means born again or made alive or, or born of God. All of these things, I mean the same thing. In verse 21, he says, therefore, lay aside these things and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. James is referring the, the implanted word that he's referring to. He's talking about the gospel. Okay. He's referring to the gospel. They would call the gospel the word of God or the word of truth. It's well documented in scripture. And so I just want to share some of those verses with you where they document or they say what they mean, okay? In 1 Peter where, chapter 1, verse 23 to 25, Peter says this, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fail. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So the word of God, the word of the Lord is the gospel. In Ephesians 1 verse 13, it says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in, believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. In Colossians 1 verse 5, it says, Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. <clears throat> so it's clear that the word of God in this context is referring to the gospel. Um, there's a quote by John Piper, who is one of my um, heroes, I guess, in the faith. I really love John Piper. Um, and this is a quote. He says this. He says, The gospel. God sent his son into the world. The God-man. Really man. Really God. Really human. Really divine. He lives a perfect life. Fulfills the whole law. Dies in the place of sinners. Intentionally. Absorbs all the wrath of God against those who believe in him, takes away all their guilt, forgives all their sins, rises from the dead, triumphant over death and hell and Satan and over sins, rules with power from on high, will come again, give eternal life and raise from the dead all those who have trusted in him. There's no better news. Yes, this just blows me away because I, you know, when I watch this, I, I often watch these little clips on YouTube of John Piper. And when he says these things, uh, I see a man who's really just absorbed um, the word, the gospel, and, and it's really consumed him. And it's, you can see it in what he says, as you can see now. James says, God generated us, regenerated us by means of the gospel. Therefore, we must receive the gospel by living in a way that reflects the gospel. So how do we receive the word? What is um, the, the word that's able to save our souls? How do we receive this? 
by living in a way that reflects what we have inside of us. James says it like this, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Live in a way that reflects the gospel, the truth that you've received. Uh, Jesus said it like this in Mark uh, 4 verse 20. He says it like this. He says, but those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Be doers of the word. <laughs> Reflect the gospel with your life, is what James is saying. Uh, in James 2 verse 12 and 13, he says, So speak and so act and as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. The law of liberty is another name for the gospel. Um, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. In other words, if you have opportunity and are justified in passing judgment over another person, don't be merciful. That's what he's saying. Because mercy triumphs over, ju over judgment. We must live out the gospel. By realizing firstly that we are all just as broken. By extending the same grace and mercy toward our neighbor as we would desire for the worst version of ourselves. And by realizing that our personal salvation is not just for us, but also for our neighbor. If we refuse to engage in this discipline of progressive sanctification or saving of the soul, we might be doing more against the gospel than for it. Or worse, we might be self-deceived in our belief. Somebody who's received the gospel uh, understands the great gift that they've been given. And that should reflect in our lives. Like that guy that looks in the mirror. When he looks in the mirror, he sees, oh, that's what I'm supposed to look at. And he walks away and doesn't forget who he is. Our lives should reflect the gospel, the word of God, the word of truth. The gospel that saves us is also the gospel that sanctifies us. Sanctification happens as we obediently follow Christ together, living out the gospel. Obedience to Jesus cannot happen if you've not been brought forth or born again. So you must be born again. We saw how James carefully writes that we were born of God by means of the gospel. If you're watching this video and you realize you need Jesus to rescue you, I'd like to invite you to respond this morning. Um, you cannot live this life without being born again. And you cannot be born again unless it's God's will that you be born again. And this morning, if you're watching this and you feel, wow, this is really speaking to me. And I feel like I need to surrender to God. I'd like you to please, right now, as I'm talking to you, to go down on your knees and pray this prayer with me. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to put my head down. 
I'd like you to close your eyes. If this is speaking to you and you want to surrender to Christ this morning, uh, I invite you to do that. Go down on your knees and close your eyes. He loves you so much that he sent his son for you. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know you're calling me to surrender today. I might not even fully understand what that means, but I, but I know that I'm lost and I need you to rescue me. So I'm kneeling and I'm praying this prayer to say I repent. I turn away from my sin and my selfishness today. I'm putting my trust in your son, Jesus Christ, to save me. Amen. If you prayed this simple prayer, um, I'd like you to make contact with us or make contact with a Christian, somebody that you know that's a Christ follower, and tell them what you did this morning. Tell them that you surrendered your life to Christ and you received the message of the gospel. Amen. Have a good day.